Hey, Soma family, Merry Christmas, and thanks for listening to Soma's podcast. This week's message is from our Christmas Eve services. We're in a series called Good News of Great Joy, and we've been celebrating Advent as a church family. Our prayer is that wherever you are as you listen to this, that God would use it to help you experience more of Him. We want everyone to know God so they can find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. And we hope this message encourages you over this holiday season. Enjoy the message. We've been in a season called Christmas at Soma, and the series of the angle for this season has been good news of great joy. That's been what we're talking about. And uh, so tonight, if you got your Bible, we're going to be in Luke 2. Shocker, I know. But Luke 2 is where we're headed, and there'll be some other passages that we share. But I'm just going to start us off with the Christmas story, and we're going to hang out in one particular verse and unpack that together. Luke 2 verse 1 says this, in those days... Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Verse 1. Verse 4. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee and Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David, fulfilling a prophecy about Jesus. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placing him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So week one, we talked about Jesus being the greatest gift. Last week, we talked about the family of Jesus in Matthew chapter one, that Christmas is for everyone. Tonight, we want to land on our theme of good news, of great joy for all people. That's where we're headed. That's what we're talking about. And we're going to break that down together. When the angel tells the shepherds, hey, I've got good news of great joy for all people, what does he mean? So let's start with good news. What is the good news as the angel tells this, these shepherds out on this hillside, I've got good news. He's saying, I, I have news that God is with us. I have news that Jesus is here, and it changes everything. The Bible speaks prophetically about Jesus' arrival. It calls Jesus Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Jesus steps out of divinity into our situation. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. Not to condemn the world, but to save the world is what Scripture tells us, and that's good news. That's the type of good news that we're talking about. I love the way that the Gospel of John frames all of this. In John chapter 1, verse 1, John says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was the Word. He was with God. He also was God. Verse 4, In him was life And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And uh, just in preparation, just kind of research for Advent and just thinking through Christmas season. um, If you don't know, spoiler, but if you don't know, uh, December 25th, more than likely not the birthday of Jesus. Uh, I mean, highly unlikely it's not his birthday. I mean, there's still a chance. There's like one in 365 that is a chance. But... But, but basically, 300 years removed from the birth, the arrival, and, and the death, the ascension of Christ, the church leadership got together and decided, hey, we want to commemorate, we want to celebrate, we want to honor the birth of Christ. When should we do it? 
And at this council, they got together and they decided, hey, let's do it during winter solstice, the darkest time of the year, most dreary time of the year, coldest, nastiest time of the year. Why? Because in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus' arrival. He was in the world, his life. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And this is the experience of Jesus who comes as God, steps into the scene, lives life perfect, uh, performs miracles, teaches things people have never heard before, and lays down his life for me and for you only to pick it back up again. And yet even people who are God's people didn't recognize here's God with us is what John tells us. Verse 12, yet to all who did receive him, everybody who placed their faith that Jesus is who he says he is, everybody who did receive him to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. There wasn't any act of compulsion. There wasn't any act of obligation. Nobody made you do it. Didn't matter who your mom and dad were. It didn't matter about your mom and dad's faith. A lot of time we tend to, we tend to think of um, our church experience in terms of, yeah, we go to church. My mom and dad go to church. I grew up in the church. And what he's saying is, no, it's not about, it's not about to some kind of religious exercise or even pedigree for the Israelites. He's saying it's only faith. Like God extends to us grace in the form of Jesus. And it's our faith that Jesus is who he says he is that changes everything. So the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came to the father full of grace and full of truth. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. When Jesus shows up. When Emmanuel arrives, it changes everything. Up to this moment, they already have all the rules. They already have all the law. They already know the difference between right and wrong. Here's what we don't do. Here's what we do. None of it seemed to matter because they couldn't keep it. And it's frustrating to want to do things in your own strength and lack the ability and lack the, de the desire and lack the right motive or intentions to be able to say the right things, do the right things, think the right things. And they're like, hey, up to this point, before Jesus, we couldn't do it in our own strength. But now that Jesus is here, he's something greater. Following Jesus is not about religion. It's not. It's not about, it's not about uh, doing religious activity. It's about, it's about a relationship with God by way of Jesus. And the Christian faith is set apart in this unique way. Every other worldview is ultimately about you having to do certain things or be good enough or be righteous enough or work hard enough, work your way into eternity. And Jesus comes onto the scene and says, hey, that's not working. That's why I'm here. And the Bible tells us this has always been God's plan for us to be dependent, for us to need a savior, for us to desire a relationship with God through Christ. And so it's no longer about what you and I are doing in order to get to heaven. But Christmas is all about what heaven has done in order to get to us. And so religion is our attempt to get to God, and Jesus is God's attempt to get to us. That's what Christmas is. And that's why Christmas is good news of great joy for all the people. That's what good news means. Good news means, man, God has a grace extended and an offer of forgiveness. It doesn't matter who you are. In Christ, you can be redeemed, reconciled, and your right relationship with God restored by way of Jesus. And that's good news. But then the angel says, he says, hey, it's good news, but it's good news of, 
Great joy. Oh, this is where we struggle. It's good news of great joy. Because some of us are like, yeah, good news. I got it. You know, Jesus is God. And it's awesome. It's like, no, this good news of great joy. This is game-changing news. And so this is a news that should be delivered joyfully. This news is joyful news. So the news uh, gives you joy. But also as you receive it, you have to deliver it with joy. Right? <laughs> That's a key ingredient uh, to being a herald of good news. And so... The Bible tells us that God has actually wired you and I to operate, run off the joy that he offers us. So this is why Nehemiah, for example, the governor Nehemiah, Nehemiah 8, he says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah says, here's what I'm running off of. I'm running off of the joy of the Lord. And God's actually designed us for this. The psalmist in Psalm 30, 11 says, God, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. And this is really what salvation looks like. If you remember back to the moment, for those of you who are Jesus followers, you remember the moment where you realized who you were in relationship to who Jesus is. Or just a real broken season of your life. You already had a saving faith, but you're just going through some really hard things. And you come to the end of yourself. And you just surrender completely and you go, God, I can't handle it in my own strength. I can't do it. You are who you say you are. Please take the wheel. You know, this is, this is the moment of our salvation. And in that moment, he takes your mourning. He takes your, he takes your brokenness and your sin and your fear and your anxiety and your worry, everything. And he gives you over to joy that doesn't really line up with your situation. And then family and friends begin to know a difference in your life and in your heart. Do you remember that? Or do you know people that you've had that experience? You remember that moment where it's like the old self died and then you stepped into a new identity and a new agenda. Everybody's like, what is happening? And it's the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. And so God wants to take off your sackcloth of loss and suffering and brokenness and give you a new fit of joy. And I don't know about you, but I could use more joy. Anybody else? Matter of fact, turn to your neighbor and say, you look like you could use some joy. You look like you need some. Because I see some of you. You look like you, you could use some joy, okay? So I'm just saying, like, we, we, all, we all could. Why does it matter? Because, uh, because good news, it, when you receive it, it should give you over to joy. And so it is joyful news. But also, for those of us who are in Christ, when we share it, it should be marked by joy. It's really important. The Apostle Paul tells us that we carry it in such a way that we're not a liability for the gospel. When we lack joy, we lack a real testimony. Yeah, I got saved and, you know, it was like, Jesus is awesome and God saved me. And I was like, you know, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, I'm whatever, you know, like, like no one is going to that party. You know what I mean? Like, if you're trying to share your faith with people, you're like, yeah, you're going to hell. You're a jerk. You know, like, like if, if you lack joy... It's just, it's just not going to hit. But I believe Jesus was a person of joy. He's marked, he is joy incarnate. And so I believe that's why people were so attracted to Jesus is because of the way that he, who he was. And so Jesus, the idea is um, joy turns the sound up on the good news of who Christ is. So when I, when I have good news, and you have good news, by the way, but when you deliver it with joy, oh, it is different. Go, go, go share the, the hope of who Jesus with, who he is with, with family and friends without joy. 
Just a, just a science exam, you know, a little test or whatever. Go, go to a family and friends and just be like, hey, here's who Jesus is, but do it without joy. And then, and then prayerfully ask God to give you over to a place of joy to see people the way that he sees people and then share the hope of Christ with people and watch the difference. Watch the difference when we share him with joy. And so a lot of times it's not the message, it's the messenger. And so um, that's what hits different. So how, the question is, how do we get joy? Because some of you are like, okay, I'm sold. We need joy. Great. And, but you're like, I don't know how to get it. It feels elusive. Like, uh, good news about Jesus. That's amazing. Grace is awesome. How do I even get there? And I love this little acronym. I've used it before. It's old school. You probably heard it. But if, many of you may, may have not heard it. But it's just joy. And the first is like, we, Jesus. We prioritize Jesus. And then others. And then you. This is the greatest hack for this season and every day. Don't even apply it at Christmas time, but just every day. I put Jesus first. I put others second. Where am I at? Oh, I'm last. Okay. But, but it gives you over to incredible joy. When Jesus begins his earthly ministry, his very first message, after 40 days of prayer and fasting, he goes to the synagogue and he begins to read from this passage in Isaiah 61. It's a prophetic passage about who he is. This is his first public uh, teaching, and he stands up and reads this passage from Isaiah 61. And part of that passage, he said, I'm here to give you the, jo- the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And after Jesus teaches through Isaiah 61, he just sits down. And, um, and, but basically what Jesus is saying, I'm here to anoint you with joy. And everything, the, all the hard things that you navigate, and then Jesus tells us elsewhere, you will navigate hard things. You'll go through trials, you'll go through struggles, you'll go through temptations, there'll be brokenness, there'll be sin in your life. And he says, everywhere you experience that, hey, I could take the, the spirit of heaviness. And in exchange for this spirit, spirit of heaviness, I'm going to give you a garment of praise, the oil of joy. I'm going to anoint you with the oil of joy. And so I know it freaks people out to talk about like spiritually heavy things. Even in a church space, people don't like to talk about heavy things. But... All the hard things you're going through right now, every struggle that you have relationally, every bout with anxiety or depression or fear, all of the hard things that you're going through, all that spiritual. And also, this is why Jesus comes, so that he can take your spirit of heaviness and anoint you with joy. And then the Bible even tells us how we get there. It says this in Isaiah 61. It says, what gets rid of the spirit of heaviness is a garment of praise. So if you want joy in your life, yes, you have to prioritize Jesus. But in what way? By way of praise. I've got to put on a garment of praise. I have to put on praise and put Jesus where he belongs, regardless of what I'm going through. Because the thought is, well, yeah, I would just praise him. Obviously, we give God glory and we'll get excited when God starts doing stuff for us. We've been praying forever. Like, wouldn't we praise him whenever the, the prayer is answered or whenever he comes through in whatever area? And the answer is yes. But also, that just requires no faith. Instead, praise him before he answers your prayer. Praise him before you get a good report. Praise him before everything gets worked out in the relationship. Praise him before the financial peace uh, sets in. Praise him before all of it happens the way that you think it should happen. And then that's real faith. And, but we got to put on praise. The scripture tells us to enter his presence with thanksgiving, to enter his courts with praise. Our son Solomon, he's four, and uh, 
he loves, we, we had this, um, we had flooding in our home not that long ago, like in the fall, some, I don't even remember when it was. Uh, uh, and so everything got water damage. And so we had to replace this, this whole bathroom, had to get upfit, and it was our master bathroom. And so um, shout out to Chuck Walls, wherever Chuck Walls is. I don't know what service he attends. But anyway, and so, so he comes over, cleans it up, gets everything all nice. We get to pick out the, sh- you know, we get the shower upfit. Oh, get that shower Right, you know, like we like it. We're like, yeah. And so we get, we get, you know, we get the bathroom like we want it. And Solomon, who's four, decides this is now my bathroom. You know, so he's like on the, he's, he's in his room upstairs, but he decides I would rather, I don't want to use my bathtub anymore. It's obsolete. Like this is garbage. I'm going down to y'all shower and I'm going to take a shower in your, your, your shower every day. So he comes down every day and we have this little Bluetooth speaker. And what he does, his routine is he'll put on praise, the Elevation Worship song, Praise. It's his jam. He loves it. He's supposed to listen to praise. So he puts he put praise on, jumps in that shower, and he's in there just praise the Lord. Oh my soul. Oh my soul. He's throwing his hands out and he's just like getting it. But he's in that shower just like worshiping. And he's four, so it's adorable. But also, as a dad, as his dad, I like it breaks me and it moves me. And I'm just like, man, in the, in the faith, like out of the mouths of babes, you know what I mean? In the faith of little kids who just stir our faith and affection. for Jesus. He's in there just singing, just praising God. He's literally starting his day the way we encourage people to all the time. And he's just in there just worshiping. Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. That's my favorite part when he does it. But I love it. And so uh, it's just a reminder. Joy comes when we prioritize Jesus. And and. Praise specifically, we have to put on praise as we do it. And because practically what that does is when you and I decide, regardless of what we're going through, to come into a space like this and just praise God for who he is because he's worthy, not because of what's currently going on in our lives, it shifts our perspective off of us and onto God. There's way more joy there than there is in your situation, I promise you. The anointing of joy is there not with whatever you're navigating. And so he says, hey, this is for you. If, you, if, you've, if you've never been there, where you step into a worship service or it could be a prayer meeting or it could be a small group, whatever, where you weren't feeling it, it was just a hard day, hard week, hard year, whatever's happening, and you just decide on faith, I'm just going to praise God for who he is regardless. And then what happens in that space is joy. That's what, that's what happens. It's because we put him where he belongs. So Jesus first, but others second. Sounds very biblical because it is. This is exactly what Jesus tells us to do. Put others second. Don't think about you. Think about others. Think about the most miserable person in your life right now. For real. Like, think about the person you're like, man, they're miserable. Just stop and just get them in your head for a minute. Don't look at them if they're near you. Right? Just think about them. All right, got them. Are they selfish? The answer is yes. And, and the times that I'm most miserable are, are when I'm selfish. And the times where I lack joy is when I'm too focused on me. My wants, my desire, my agenda didn't happen how I wanted. And, and, and he tells us, hey, you got to get your focus on to others. My greatest Christmas hack for you is as you spend time over this next week with family and friends, extended family, focus on others not yourself. Focus on serving the room, serving your spouse. Walk into a space and think, 
man, how can I make it not about me right now? Even when you're talking to people, because some of us, this is where we, when we're talking to people, some of us get a little excited. I want to share my story instead of letting you share your story, that kind of thing. Like just make it about others and, and just serve the room. And then watch what happens. Listen, you're going to hang out with friends and family and people. Oh, and, you know, you, your pride's going to rear its head. And I don't want to eat there. I want to eat here. You know what I mean? Like, we, do always, we always eat Chinese on Christmas Day or what, you know, like whatever your thing is. You stole my white elephant gift, you jerk. Like, what it, just make it, about, make it about others instead of you and watch what happens. And so uh, some of us are tired. We're depressed. Some of us are in a bad mood, but like always. And, and the reason is, is because you're thinking about yourself a lot. So just stop focusing on you and focus on others. And, and that will give you over to the greatest amount of joy. And this is exactly what scripture tells us to stay humble, to go low, to serve the room. And we serve literally we're following, follow, following Jesus, who this is what he does in his birth and in his life, in his death and his resurrection. This is exactly what Jesus does is he is serving the people around him. And so you're going to have the most joy if you do. And I'm not talking about uh, doing things out of obligation or compulsion, because some of you will hear that and you'll be like, all right, cool. I got to serve people. I got to serve people. And then you'll walk into a play. I guess I'm going to serve, you know, like I'm here. I'm, you know, like I, I will take out the trash, you know, like, but complain, like center, like doing things and then complaining about them is not what I'm talking about. I'm saying you have to fundamentally shift your heart and motivation. And the only way to do that is to ask God to do it. God, I, you need to let me see people the way that you see people. I can't, Holy Spirit, you have to lift my head and really help me to understand, God, how much you love this person that's in front of me. Because, again, as you spend time with family and friends and stuff, like there's people that you're just like, Lord, dear God, please help me love this person. I want to punch them, but please let me love them right now in this moment. And then he'll shift your heart and your perspective to see them the way that you see them. And so shift from an inward focus to an outward focus on God and on others. And that feels so countercultural because the world only tells you to worry about you. Even in and especially this season where we're thinking about what we're going to buy, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. Every campaign, every piece of marketing is geared towards your personal experience. But if you hear nothing else that I say tonight, uh, it's maybe your first time at Soma. Maybe your last time at Soma. But, but if you hear nothing else, I say it's not about you. And it's so freeing when we realize that. Matter of fact, we should all say it out loud. We should all say it's not about me on three, okay? One, two, three. It's not about me. Isn't that free? It's so good. It feels good. It's like, it's not about me. Like, I don't have to always make it about me. Instead, I can prioritize Jesus. Got to put on praise. And then I've got to serve others. And if you lack joy, start serving others. Philippians 2 says this. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Same passage. Paul's writing to the church. And he says that even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering, on the sacrifice and the service coming from your faith, I am glad and I rejoice with all of you. Paul says, as I lay my life down for your benefit, I'm glad and I rejoice as I'm in service to you. So you, sh- you should be glad also and rejoice with me. The most helpful people are the most happy people. 
the, the more you're focused on others, the more joy you'll get. And the more self-centered you are, the less joy you have. I promise you. And so um, I, want you to, I want you to think about the people who, regardless of what they're going through, I have people in my life right now, they're going through really hard things. And, and like, you know, really hard medical diagnosis, full of joy. How? Because they're put on praise and they're focused on others and God gives them over to joy. And so, but then the angel, the angel says, hey, I got good news of great joy. And then he ends with this phrase, for all the people. Good news of great joy for all the people. Now, this is both, this is like the really, this is the amazing thing about the gospel, an amazing thing about Jesus, Emmanuel. It's also the hard thing about the gospel. It's amazing because I love grace when it's for me. I don't know about you. Oh, I love me some grace. Woo! I love grace. It's so good. And we all do when we're like receiving grace. We're like, praise God for grace. But when it's time to extend it to others, we're like, hold up now. There are rules. You know what I mean? Like that's what something shifts in us whenever it's time to extend grace or preach preach with our lives. And so the good news of great joy for all the people, man, Jesus is offering grace and forgiveness to anyone who will accept it. To you, to me. It doesn't matter what, what class, what background, what race, what religion, in, in terms of history, what economy, what you've done. None of that matters. Like, none of it. We're like, what about this? And none of it matters. And it's good news of great joy for all the people. And so Jesus doesn't disallow people because they're annoying. You and I disallow people sometimes because they're annoying. We're like... Oh, Lord, give us the strength. And, or because they smell or because they have a reputation or because people were like, man, they just, they're big jacked up sinners, you know, like fill in the blank with whatever their sinful sin is because people are sexually loose, because they're crooks, because they're unclean, because they've done him wrong or betrayed Jesus or denied Jesus. The amazing thing about Christ is that he is good news of great joy for all the people. And he does this at his arrival like, if you think about the Christmas narrative and who's in this scene, you have a teenage mom who's engaged, not married. You have a carpenter nobody knows or cares about. You got some shepherds who can't even go in the synagogue to pray. You have Eastern mystic magi. It's kind of a weird mix, but, like, they're, they're bundled up in there. It's just, like, good news of, of great joy for all people. You have people who don't come to the party. Herod, who's aware of everything that's going on and decides, I'm not showing up. But it's good news of great joy for all people. Now you fast forward in Jesus's life, every bit of ministry, all of his encounters, he's spending time with people who are far from God, the marginalized, the outsiders, the outcasts. This is marking his ministry. This is who he is. So much so that in Luke 15, verses 1 and 2, it says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to Jesus, the most broken of society, and the Pharisees and the scribes, those who... Uh, where the religious elite grumbled saying the man receives sinners and he eats with them. And so the question is, why would the itinerant Jewish Palestinian rabbi hang out with crooks and with the adulterous and with the unclean? And why would he create a space for those people? And it's because Jesus is good news of great joy for all people. You think about the people who are closest to Jesus. Think about this. We, 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 um, we shared in communion earlier in the Lord's Supper Jesus gives Judas the bread and the cup.
let that sit. Everybody who denied Jesus, everyone who betrayed Jesus, the Apostle Paul who's wiping out, like he's literally pushing back against the church and God decides in his sovereignty and in his grace, I want you. Yeah, but he's murdering our people. I want you. And so he's good news, a great joy for all the people. And, and I love it. This is what Jesus does. He just turns things on their head. His life and his ministry was about making a point about how narrow you and I see people. Think about that. Think about how the people in your life right now that you're thinking, man, they're always going to be jacked up. They're never going to have a relationship with God. They're always going to be far from God. They're always going to struggle with that. They're always going to be here. And we begin to write people off with just a narrow focus instead of seeing people with the potential that God sees. And even the faith and the expectation that he can do a miraculous work in their life. So we box people in time and time again. Which begs the question, how much do you box yourself in as you view people in that way? Because he has good news of great joy for all people. And we limit ourselves all the time with a lack of faith for what God can do. And I, I love how the love and the grace of God in Jesus is just this vast ocean to get swallowed up in. This is what Christmas is. God so loves you that he comes. And it doesn't matter who you are, what your struggle is, what you look like. But Jesus is good news who will give you over to great joy and it's for you and it's for the person next to you and it's for the person who's not here in that empty seat and it's for the person who you just know like there's just no way they're ever going to have a relationship it's for them too and guess what when we come alive in Christ not only do we get to accept that good news but now we become heralders of that good news the same word good news that we receive about who Jesus is is also the same word used when it's talking about hey that's the news that we carry to somebody else we evangelize we euangelion to other people which means not only do I receive it but now I get to carry the hope of who Christ is to other people so I take good I take great joy to people and I think that's what Christmas is all about but we can run the rat race and we can get distracted and we can do all the things this time of year and you can get stressed out about what you didn't buy, where you didn't go, what didn't happen. Good night. How much weight have I gained since Thanksgiving? You know, like you think through all the things. Do we have everything lined up over the next few days? And just totally miss the whole point of this season, which is good news of great joy for all people. That's really all you have to remember and share. <laughs> everything else is bonus. Just like good news of great joy for all people. So I want to pray for us because in this room right now, there's some of you, you have a saving faith. You believe that Jesus is who he says he is. But if I were to ask you and you were to be honest, you would say, I don't think great joy marks my testimony. I think I need to grow in that. I think I need to put on praise. I think I need to make it about others. I have a drift towards selfishness. And there's some of you who are here and you're like, I've never just really experience the good news the way that you're describing it. I've never had a personal relationship with God by way of Jesus. I can do religious activity and I can jump through hoops and I can do things, but that doesn't, that's not the same as what you're talking about. So as I pray, I want you to think about how does that apply to me? And then we're going to take a minute and we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to move in our lives. We're going to write down some things together 
And we're just going to worship. We're going to close out this evening with worship together. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for, for loving us and for making your love tangible through your son Christ, our Lord who comes to redeem us and to rescue us. And not so that we could just celebrate his birth, but he comes to lay his life down and to conquer death and hell and the grave. Everywhere we fall short, and there are many places we fall short, Jesus comes to stand in the gap, pick up where our own efforts and our own strength and our own works fall short. And God, you offer us grace in Christ, and it's our faith in who he is that changes things for us. And so where we need it, God, as, as the church, would you give us over to more joy? God, help us to put on praise in this season where things are hard, where we're frustrated, where we feel fear or, or anxiety. God, would you replace that with praise? Jesus, would you anoint us with joy? Holy Spirit, would you shift our perspective? Get it off of us and on to you, God, and on to others. Help us to serve the room wherever we are. If you're here and you're far from God and you know, man, I've never felt more far from God. And I'm just, I'm struggling and I feel broken. I'm so exhausted trying to do things in my own effort. It's just not working. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to experience all that he paid for. I want the abundant life. I want salvation. I want the hope attached to his finished work, not mine. I'm so tired of just going through the motions. I'm ready to lay down arms. If you're here and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, experience salvation, I want to lead you in a prayer. Prayer doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. And you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to come forward. But I'm just asking, if that's you, would you just pray this prayer with me? It doesn't. Prayer doesn't save you. Jesus does. But just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my life. I realize how much you love me, how much you're for me. And Jesus, I'm realizing that, that you want greater things than I want for myself. And so I'm, I'm exchanging my sin, my brokenness, my past, my baggage for the future that you've paid for, the abundant life you desire for me. And I want that. I want the hope of eternity. And so God's so grateful that everything changed at the arrival of your son, that Jesus, you came to be with us and that you lived and you died, you rose again. And then you give us your spirit so that you can be with us. Moving forward, Holy Spirit, would you, would you reveal by your word just everything you've already said, God, in your word, just help me to realize who I am in relationship to who Jesus is. And also, would you give me marching orders moving forward? God, grateful for what you've done and what you're gonna do in our lives. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen and amen. Church family, can we just celebrate God's faithfulness? Can we celebrate anybody who's making a decision to... And listen, if that's you, if you've had a shift in perspective off of yourself and on to Jesus, and you realize who you are in relationship to who Jesus is, we want to know that. So as we close out our service, this is the most important part of what we do because it's a conversation around what you need, a prayer covering, covering, a pastoral covering, the hard things you're going through, and then opportunities for growth. Those cards that you got, if you just lift those up, um, if you just hold, hold them in your hands, take a minute and fill out what you want to fill out. What are the prayer needs? What do you need prayer for? 
What do you need direction in? There's a place that, hey, I would love to learn more about these things. What are the barriers that keep people from God? And I know we need more direction in this area. And then there's a place on the back, A, B, C, D. And here's what those stand for. A is I already believe. I'm a follower of Jesus. I've surrendered my life to Christ. B is I'm believing tonight and I'm surrendering my life to Jesus tonight. I'm going all in. And tonight's my night, Mark B. C is continue to pray for me. I'm not there yet. I want to be there. I'm just not there yet. And I would love for you to pray for me. D is I don't ever intend to make that decision. I'm here with my aunt or I'm lost or I thought we were going to dinner and they juked me and now we're here. And so, but, but why, why would you put that on the card? Because some people are there. I don't ever intend to make that decision. And we're not making you feel bad. We just love you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to love you all the more. And so just let us know honestly where you're at. A, I'm already a believer. B, hey, I'm surrendering my life to Christ. I'm going all in tonight. And just let us know where you're at. Mark the prayer cards. Team's going to come forward. There's going to be ushers that are going to collect those. You could stay seated while you're filling it out. And then as they collect those, if you'll just stand and worship, team's going to lead us. And then we're going to close the night out with candlelight, uh, just singing carols and, and worshiping God. Here we go.